0: Hello and welcome to Inside Modular, the podcast of commercial modular construction, brought to you by the Modular Building Institute. Welcome, everyone. My name is John McMullen. I'm the marketing director here at MBI. Today, I'm talking with Ken Punsarelli, CEO at LAI Design Group. Ken is here to talk about modular construction from an architectural and development point of view and give a preview of his upcoming session at MBI's 2023 World of Modular. Ken, thanks for being here.
1: Hey John thanks so much for setting this up we really appreciate it we're uh, flattered to be
0: here it is absolutely my pleasure uh so let's dive in uh, tell me about yourself what's your background and, and how did you get started in architecture and development
1: well that, that's a really good question um the funny thing is as a kid i always loved real estate it's the weirdest thing i used to ride my bike uh, through neighborhoods of tenafly new jersey which is near uh, the George Washington bridge that takes, uh, takes you to New York city. And uh, a friend of mine by the name of, uh, Gene Bowen, uh, lived in a really nice neighborhood and I used to help him with his paper route and, uh, he and I had snow shoveling routes and lawn mowing routes and did landscaping and all this stuff. And so I really loved, uh, real estate. And then I found myself, uh, through high school, junior high, really, uh, working construction jobs for masons and carpenters back before they had child labor laws, which I'm not sure if those are really good to have. I think it should work. <laughs> but anyway, I did that as a kid. And then, uh, when I got into college, I, I studied design. And then at a graduate level, I, uh, I also studied, uh, business and finance. And I, and I think finance is. Uh, one of the most important things to for a design professional uh, to kind of bring the whole world of development together hmm. uh, just because uh, you you then become the complete left brain, right brain professional and you can be the best advocate for your client.
0: Well, I have not heard that point of view before, but that makes a lot of sense. Um, so tell me about when you started incorporating modular construction into into your portfolio. When did you get interested in? that well it's
1: that's that's a good question so what what actually ended up happening modular found us we didn't find modular if the truth be told um and that happened about either 2003 or 2004 and we had a a um a modular manufacturer actually um by the name of Gurden enterprise and they're very well known in the industry and and they were fairly new um, as well. They were, I wouldn't say a startup company, but they were a new company uh, at that time in the early 2000s. And we did a workforce housing project for them uh, up in the mountains in Gypsum, Colorado. And uh, then um, we, we didn't work together again for probably close to a decade. And it wasn't um, by choice. It was just kind of happenstance. We we all went in different directions. And then we got reacquainted in uh, in the Bakken or Williston, North Dakota, when the oil boom was going on uh, from about 2010, 11, until uh, everything kind of uh died down from a development standpoint in early 2015 so we found ourselves uh reacquainted and reengaged with uh with Gurdon and others um in in that region of the US it was, it was actually
0: pretty cool so tell me about the, the the project itself did you have any challenges I know modular can be sort of a, a very different sort of a, a skill set when it comes to uh, design and construction what, what What were your big hurdles for those uh, first projects?
1: yeah, so you know that's a um, that is something that really comes down to understanding uh, the parameters for design as well as shipping logistics, um, client expectations about what modular is and what it isn't now, my philosophy is that you can hang. Uh, when I say hang, you can ornament uh, or put ornamentation on any building using modular or virtually any building using using a modular uh, construction delivery method. Um, but really the, the biggest thing that we had to wrap our brains around is, okay, how big is a bedroom, for example? And then how does that translate into... Uh, a master suite if you're thinking about apartments mm-hmm. then how does that that width translate into a hallway and then to a mirror image apartment on the other side so once you started wrapping your brain around uh the minimum and maximum as well as optimum widths of a modular box as well as maximum lengths for shipping and putting that box on a low boy truck um then the world kind of becomes your oyster. <laughs>
0: then, then you can kind of wrap wrap your brain so now that your brain is wrapped around yeah. modular construction tell me about how your process starts now uh now once you once you understand the scope of a project what's what's your first step
1: so because our firm is is involved in we we have landscape architects that do land planning and zoning um, i myself am trained in both architecture uh, and landscape architecture and so we start by programming of the site how big's the site and then just like you would with a site built project um, what's the intended building use and square footage or number of apartments that the developer wants and hotels or or anything else like that so we start out the really the same way that we would uh, with a site built project um, and and kind of go from there
0: so w- one question I like asking uh, architects and designers uh, because you have definitely a different point of view than you know uh, manufacturers or or anyone else what Are most modular products very similar from your point of view or or does each project need to have a unique module design that, that requires sort of uh, starting from scratch?
1: Okay. So conceptually, yes, they're similar, but each is unique because given the fact that each site is different, oftentimes each client because of either the site or the economic projections of a, a client's project dictate uh, something unique about it. It's that, and site-built projects have that same uh, common denominator. You know, so we begin really by sketching prototypical floor plans using a modular grid system and using the pattern of sizes and shapes that can, be, that can be produced in the factory using that system. And then like I uh, intimated before, we also need to keep in mind the maximum widths and lengths for shipping purposes. So we can't just think about design, we have to think about engineering and logistics. And so really the optimum width of a modular box itself is about 14 feet wide. You can go down to 10 and you can go up to about 20. And I've heard people talk about going to 21 or 22, but when you get up to about 16 feet wide, uh, you need additional um, assistance in the transportation of that project. So you need escorts, um, you know, the uh, chaser cars, Mm -hmm. Them with the, the uh, lights and everything to alert other drivers on the interstates that you know you've got a wide load semi uh, hauling these boxes down the road. So uh, that's that's another part of it. And then lastly, the the one major difference with modular versus a site built is because. The ground floor, if it's not a site-built ground floor, like a podium parking garage or the first floor of a hotel that's mm-hmm. got all of the uh, lobby and all of that kind of stuff in it, um, the first floor will have a crawl space uh, underneath the foundation. So that's, a, that's something you have to wrap your head around um, when, when designing a, a modular
0: structure. So in terms of modular uh, structures themselves, is there is there a difference uh, in the design of a module that's intended, say, for a single family home versus a multifamily or a hotel project? Or are they all generally the same?
1: The short answer is yes, they uh, they are different. So a house falls under um, a different set of uh, construction standards, whereas multifamily hotel and other commercial structures have a host of additional requirements. And these include sprinkler systems, fire rated assemblies, um, sound sound attenuation between apartments or hotels, ADA, which is the American Disabilities Mm -hmm. Act, which encapsulates um, design in, in hotels in particular, sight impaired, hearing impaired, as well as wheelchair accessibility, whereas oftentimes in a multifamily setting, um, it's it's often just uh, the wheelchair accessibility. But um, and then in addition to that, there's occupancy loads uh, for fire and fire separation. Uh, I think I mentioned sprinkler systems, as well as other con- structural considerations such as shear walls, and a lot of these kinds of things are um sheer walls are are somewhat built into the modular design because each each box has to be its own um sustainable uh room so to speak and series of walls and so a lot of uh, uh a lot of people ask me well jesus is, is modular shoddy construction i said no it's actually um better built than my own personal residence, which I was the designer of channel module.
0: So what don't people understand about designing for modular construction? Is there something that you find yourself repeating to clients about the process? I do, um, especially
1: lately, because as I told you, we started in around 03 04, and then we picked it up again uh, in the um, the next decade, and then it went away. It we found in our shop that clients weren't asking for modular um, after 2015. It kind of just evaporated in our office until about 2020 when the pandemic hit. And and so, because of that, I now think it's here to stay. Um, Whereas it was kind of ebb and flow because most people in the construction industry are late adopters so something new and different is scary than the way they've done it for 50 years so um one thing with mock when you say it's modular and it's manufactured in a factory you still have to um, reiterate to a client that keep in mind it's still construction you're not buying an Ikea bookshelf that's perfectly pristine and without imperfections, uh, this is still construction and there are things that need to be resolved in the field from time to time that weren't contemplated either in design or they were missed in the factory uh, or a host of other things. But you should have a healthy appreciation that about 60% of the construction of your new building is done in the factory. The other forty percent is, is on site, mm-hmm. and so, as a result of that, you know the other biggest thing that I uh, say is make sure you have an experienced contractor build your project and I think that's that's key because as design or construction professionals. We're also uh, psychologists, and so we have to uh, we have to be able to convey information, uh, even bad news, uh, and come up with solutions, um, and, and that's the best.
0: So as I mentioned at the top, you are planning to speak at uh, MBI's upcoming World of Modular, uh, and your presentation is about the fundamentals of modular design. Uh, I noticed in your session description that you're going to touch on regulatory permitting considerations as well. Uh, can you tell me more about what attendees can expect from that portion of your session? Yeah, and and it'll be
1: high level at the session, but it's it's important for the audience. Some some are experienced developers uh, of modular, and and others are trying to learn about it and 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 get into it. And so, one of the things that um, is important for people to understand, just like when you go through a planning and zoning. Uh, submittal, and there's multiple agencies within um, an application. The same is true uh, for modular. It's not just pulling a building permit with the local building official. The plans actually are submitted to the state engineer's office for review, and additionally, there's third-party inspections that occur at the factory for compliance with codes. Um, and I always think, and sometimes this happens and sometimes it doesn't, it's not my thinking part, but I always think it's a really good idea, uh, to meet with local building officials, to do a workshop with them and explain how the project works and have your contractor there in attendance. It's it's not only educational for a building, uh, official, but it's also a good relationship builder for all, because once you're in the throes of construction. At least everybody's been briefed on this. And I find that fear comes through ignorance. And if, and if people don't have a relationship to begin with, and they uh, don't have any information to begin with, then there's all kinds of uh, distrust, fear. Uh, and as a result of that, you can have uh, some real conflicts in the field. So what happens is if you do a, a, um, a little workshop type of a meeting, uh, with the building officials to begin with, and I'm talking the local building officials that may not have experienced module before. It, it almost functions like a pre-application or a pre-building permit type of meeting to get everybody on the same page about construction details, what's different from what they're used to seeing, life safety, uh, ADA, uh, fire rated assemblies, how we're addressing this or that, um, fire sprinkler systems, all kinds of things like that. So it's really, it just is a great dialogue. You know, I think as we all know uh, in life, if you're failing to communicate, you're failing.
0: Well, you weren't kidding about the uh, the psychology aspect of your profession. It sounds like you've been uh, well-versed in all the ins and outs of good communication with your with your stakeholders. So that's that's fantastic advice. Thank you. Well, my hair did used to be black and I had more of it. <laughs> Uh, So without ruining uh, too much of your presentation, I was wondering if you could walk me through the process of uh, permitting a modular or prefabricated project, Uh, maybe a multifamily residential project. Are are there common regulatory hurdles that projects face?
1: Sure. So as I stated, the state permit process, once you're approved, you you walk through the local jurisdiction. Mm -hmm. So you submit to the state, then then the local jurisdiction will review the plans. But what happens is they'll typically defer to the to the state engineer's office for approval. Typically a local building department doesn't take over, but they they will do periodic uh, site inspections um, or, or inspections on site. And again, this kind of goes back to my previous commentary about having that workshop meeting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With you guys. Sometimes you can have a local inspector that's, and we just had this happen, that's new to the building inspection business and new to modular, and perhaps wants to make a name for themselves. And so sometimes you can get conflicting direction uh, from the two agencies. And at the end of the day, you've got to satisfy everybody and, get the project built because delays are not good for projects so no
0: never are and you'll have to forgive my ignorance I'm going to ask perhaps what may be an obvious question is is the permitting process different for different types of buildings you know multifamily versus hotel versus uh, the parking garage anything else um and, and in your experience does it really matter if the project is modular or not
1: well I think it does um it is different if it's modular or not and and I think We've kind of cited some reasons, but um, in addition to that, back to your question about multifamily versus hotel, the big items are uh, exiting the building, smoke detection, fire dampers in your uh, your heating, uh, ventilation, and uh, air conditioning systems, uh, sprinklers, fire rated assemblies, and, and ADA. So, you know, a uh, multifamily building and, are are very similar. Um, one is an R2 uh, type of building, which is the multifamily, mm-hmm. and the hotel is, uh, is an R1. So there are similar things, but a bit more intense because one is a much more intensified commercial building. So ADA um, for hearing impaired, visually impaired, those type of things are, are more uh, prevalent in hotels than multi-family. Uh,
0: what's one piece of advice you might offer to an owner developer who's thinking about or has decided to use modular construction for the first time? What should uh, he or she know at the outset? That's a really good question. For me, I would not
1: advocate a developer who has never developed before, site-built, to use modular. I would say after they're seasoned from a site build perspective, um, then I would say their experiences and expectations about construction will align better. Because honestly, like all construction projects, nothing is perfect. And sometimes you're, you're making modifications in the field to make it work, variety of reasons.
0: And don't dive into the deep end of the pool, essentially, is what I'm hearing.
1: That's a that's probably the best uh, bit of advice. I, I actually just had a, um, a client ask me about that, and he's never done development before. And I said, you know, I would just do these townhomes that you want to do for rent as site build first to get your feet wet in development because there's enough um, headaches with construction and development uh, without, as you said, diving into the deep end of the pool.
0: Very good. So, and again, without ruining too much of your presentation, because I, I don't want to do that, can you share what you're most looking forward to sharing uh, with the attendees at World of Modular? Sure.
1: Um, I want to share design parameters for a variety of case study projects to, to attempt to take the mystery and myth out of design uh, using a modular system. And and how I start out my presentation is is showing um, really what uh, modular perception is and what it really is. And then what I do is I go through a series of uh, case studies uh, beginning with designing the most simple structure, a house. And we go from there into more complex buildings such as multifamily student housing and hotels to just kind of show how you know the volumetric parameters of a modular box work in laying out floor plans and how this is the same stuff that you've seen before with on-site two by sixes and roofing nails,
0: but it's it's a bit different. Um, So you've you've presented at other shows before. Uh, What made you decide that the World of Modular Show was a place you wanted to be? What about the show attracted you?
1: Well, I think there's a lot of uh, great networking. Uh, There's a lot of uh, different perspectives from people that you that you meet there, uh, vendors that serve uh, the industry. So, uh, you know, it's a it's really an opportunity to learn. Um, What's next for you? so we're um we're looking uh at a student housing project in North Carolina uh that we did some uh, conceptual design for about two years ago, and now it is actually uh coming to fruition with financing so we're looking at that um starting up here probably summertime and then uh, another student uh housing project for a university down in Louisiana. That'll also be modular. We're doing a couple of townhome projects in Colorado, workforce housing, where speed to market is the key, along with acknowledging a very short construction season. And then we're also looking at some uh, some hotel projects as well in Alabama.
0: Very cool. And uh, lastly, a question I like asking uh, people from all different uh, areas of modular construction: What do you think the next three to five years will be like? For the modular construction industry well
1: as i as I stated earlier, I think the construction industry is um is predominantly um populated by late adopters because you've done the same thing for fifty years and if you change it's scary uh there could be liability associated with it and and so forth so here's my take i think um I think the industry will better embrace this method of delivery uh, now that it's been around um, and become more prevalent for a while uh, due to labor shortages, tighter construction cycles, improvements in technology and the manufacturing process. And frankly, I think because of that, it will likely uh, result in better cost structures uh, for, uh, for developers.
0: Excellent answer. Uh, Thank you, Ken. I really appreciate your time today. It's been great to talk with you, uh, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing you at World of Modular later on in March. Well, we are, Stu. Thank you so much. Appreciate the opportunity to speak with you and your audience. My name is John McMullen, and this has been another episode of Inside Modular, the podcast of commercial modular construction. Until next time.